and welcome to today's episode of the Pipeline ACC Podcast. I am Dan Siegel from ACC Content. I am joined, as always, by Jason Gibbs. Jason, two days down, how are we feeling? Well, Dan, we love uh, March, but ACC not really uh, up to snuff this year. No, I think we lead this episode off with our down bad. They ask you how you are, and you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. And unfortunately, it is the ACC. The ACC went 2-5 and five in basketball postseason, put that on top of football, which went 0-6. Oh so, yeah, and I'm going to throw myself under the bus here because I think I'm another member of the down bad party. <laughs> think UConn has the formula to make a run with their top 15 offense, top 25 defense. That's kind of the required feats to win a championship if you look back at the past 10 champions. but So I think they could make it to the final four. Dan, what happened, my friend? I was trying to be a little cute. I was trying to win that big bracket pool with like 75 people and be unique. And now I just look like an idiot. Kimba Walker isn't walking through that door, man. Oh, man. Got to be the Huskies that let me down. Yeah, they're going to have a really good game against Alabama tomorrow. I thought UConn would be the one to knock off Alabama. Not going to be the case. But, um, yeah, that's, that's how it's got to be. But let's get into the ACC. <laughs> so, like I said, two and five. We do have two teams moving on, so we're going to have some positivity on this podcast. But for the most part, we had losers – and I'm kind of afraid that by Tuesday we're going to be talking NFL draft, but <laughs> we're going to do this. So we're going to each give one word to describe each ACC team's performance. And we will start with Virginia Tech, who lost to Florida in overtime 75 to 70. My word's going to be tenacious. They lost, but Virginia Tech played three games in 40 days but they competed every step of the way and so you know Mike Young has a great team a good tough team and and that's my word for uh, the Hokies one word I'm gonna go with I don't know if this counts as one word roller coaster is that a word or is that two that's one word my friend all right compound word over here roller coaster um I mean, by some miracle, they were able to get it to overtime. And Aline had a phenomenal game with 28 points. And it was just a whirlwind of emotions. Classic March. And, yes, I like how you ended on a positive note. It was a good season for the Hokies. They are ahead of schedule, but just a tough way to go out. Really was. Our next one is Georgia Tech against Loyola Chicago. Ninth seed uh, Georgia Tech losing. 71 to 60. My word for the Jackets is unfortunate. I, you know, they had the really big blow losing Moses Wright, ACC player of the year. And they fought valiantly against Loyola, but just losing that sort of peace to your team, you know, emotional leader, leader along with Alvarado, it's just too much to overcome. Loyola is a, a really good team, and it was just it was just unfortunate. My word is going to be penetration because 
that Moses Wright was basically the huge difference maker. And the reason why Loyola Chicago got so much dribble penetration, they were able to get to the rim. They were able to finish around the rim, but that, that's what they did. So the Ramblers take, take the Yellow Jackets down. But uh, what, how about North Carolina, 85 to 62 against Wisconsin? My word for the Tar Heels is soft. Um, just terrible performance. It looked like they weren't ready. It looked like they were so timid. So, you know, Tar Heel fans, as long as everyone comes back, do have something to look forward to next year, but they need some sort of tenacity and need that. Like I said, they're right now they're soft. I'm going to go with beat down. Pretty simple. Wisconsin dominated. And like you said, North Carolina is a very young team. In fact, I believe I saw somewhere, not confirmed, but I believe I saw somewhere Wisconsin was the most experienced team in the tournament and North Carolina was the youngest team in the tournament. But, I mean, it's unacceptable to lose to a team that's supposed to be equal in caliber to you, and they lost by 23 points, and they just they just show no fight. That That's it. But how about the, the game I would consider a dogfight, but – Clemson coming on the wrong end of that, and that was against Rutgers in the 7-10 matchup, a, a 60-56 to 56 loss. Well, I would, for my word for Clemson, would be uneven. You know, we've seen them play well at stretches this year, and then there was some COVID breaks, and then they, they just kind of never recovered from that, and they were up and down. A team like Rutgers, you know, who hasn't been in the tournament since the beginning of time, you got to pick that win up, and they just didn't. You said it perfectly, basically. I'm going to go with over-reliance because of exactly what you said. It was Amir Sims, and that was it. He saved them offensively. He saved them defensively. He was even running coast-to-coast making plays, but he couldn't get any help behind him. They had six points off the bench three field goals and 17 field goal attempts from the bench. It was not a very good performance outside of Amir Sims elite Twitter personality, by the way. Elite. Uh, next we have Syracuse and San Diego state. And that was our one positive of the day, 78 to 62. I'm going to go with orangey. And, and the reason I say orangey is because I feel like this is the same recording. We could record this same statement and play it every single year of the tournament. Syracuse on the bubble, fighting for their bubble life. They squeak in. They're a low seed, maybe double digit. And no one get you know, even, even on our pod, you know, we picked against them. And then they string together a win. And then sometimes they string together two wins or three wins. And it's just – it's kind of amazing how this script can – play over and over again i'm gonna go with savior i mean come on man this was our one team that won the entire day the 11 seed no expectations <laughs> san diego state was that team that was really supposed to be under make a run to the sweet 16 elite eight and syracuse saves us by making our conference look good in one respect i i mean it was our only successful acc game of the day and the only other game that we got a win in was Florida State, which I guess I'll just kind of lead into my word for Florida State, and that is underwhelming. 
I could also go with survival. So I actually go with survival. I'll keep it positive because Florida State did end up winning that game against UNC Greensboro, 64 to 54. UNC Greensboro is not a great team, and they did play pretty well, but they can't shoot the three. So I thought when Florida State got off to an early lead that UNC Greensboro was done, but they let them back in the game. They get up a lot of open looks. They let them hit a couple of outside shots that they're really not supposed to be hitting. So they did survive. So survival is going to be my word for Florida State. For the Knowles, I'm going to go with floating. And what I mean by that is it seems like we've seen this kind of pattern from them. They either play up their competition or they play down their competition. And we've seen them this year be world beaters and we've seen them put up some head scratchers. And, you know, just like something floating on the water would rise or fall, depending on the level of the water, I kind of feel like that's where they're at. Exactly. And you said that they went 0 for 9 from the three-point line. That is ice cold. And I'm going to use that word cold to describe Virginia, who coming off of that COVID pause was just extremely freezing cold tonight. They could not hit their open shots, but you can't even blame the game on that because... Ohio pulled their magic late, and what they did was they had made all these basket cuts, these backdoor cuts, UCLA cuts, whatever you want to, whatever you want to name them. I mean, the, just a variety of different ways to get to the basket, and that's how they beat UVA. They pulled out the magic down the stretch. UVA was just rusty, and they were cold. I'm gonna go with, and this is kind of hard to believe, dethroned because they technically are the defending champion and their championship seems eons ago at this point, considering what we've been through, you know, in the, throughout the world. And we, we missed last year's tournament. And to your point, I almost went with rusty because they were very, very rusty. And unfortunately for who fans, the Cavs have been dethroned. Well, one Ohio team won and it wasn't the number two seed Ohio State. They <laughs> lost to Oral Roberts 15. The Oral Roberts University. The, the Oral Roberts beat Ohio State 75 to 72 in overtime. Max Acemas, we talked about mid major legends on, I think it was our first podcast ever. And you might want to add Max Acemas to this list. The NCAA's leading scorer had 29 points. It was a great game. I'm per- I was personally all bored, especially because I had Ohio State losing in the Sweet 16. But, hey, we said that the ACC is down bad. But the Big Ten <laughs> has two, the last two, two seeds to lose to a 15. Oh, wow. That? Hmm. You know what? I, what struck me about the Oral Roberts game is that the moment was not too big for them. And – Even beyond that, just to kind of shows you a little uh, insight to the team, they won and yeah, they gave some, you know, fist pumps and high fives and hugs and whatever, but it wasn't like we've seen 15 seeds win before and they're basically dancing in the street and throwing, you know, streamers from the rafters and, and going nuts. Those to me are teams that deep down probably weren't expecting to win. And you just didn't get that with Oral Roberts because, like you said, led by Acemas, I think they expected to win, and they executed down the stretch. And I think that they do have a chance to beat Florida 
They are single-digit underdogs, so that'll be a game to keep an eye on. I still have Florida winning that, but that'll be a game to keep an eye on. But we're going to do our quick game picks, quick preview, starting with the ACC. Then we'll go to our top three non-ACC. But we do have two ACC games remaining, and one of them will be Sunday, and it'll be 11th-seeded Syracuse against third-seeded West Virginia. I'll let you start this one, Jason. So, you know, I've championed West Virginia, I think, throughout a lot of pods when we've talked about the Big 12, and I kept saying how battle-tested they are and how – tenacious they are and I feel like every time I said that they'd end up losing a nail biter to a, a top ranked team so at some point I think they break through and I think this is the time I think you know I do think Syracuse could give them some trouble you know with their zone but Huggy Bear just won his 900th game West Virginia seems to be kind of clicking at the moment I'm, I'm going with the uh, Mountaineers I'm picking West Virginia, too. I think they'll feast on the offensive boards. Mountaineers rank 12th in offensive rebounding. Orange rank 335th in defensive rebounding. But don't count out the Orange. Bayheim is unconscious. I've talked about this on Twitter, how non-ACC teams have struggled with the Syracuse zone in the postseason. And also, I'm not as sure that I'm as into West Virginia as you are. So I think the Orange have a shot, but I do think that West Virginia – will win this game in all likelihood. How about Colorado and Florida State, our other ACC game? Yeah, well, we've talked about it on this pod, how uneven Florida State can play. And if they come out and go 0 for 9 next game, they'll be heading home. I can assure you that. People, you know, Colorado got upset in the Pac-12 tournament and basically made people completely forget about them. McKinley Wright, solid, you know, as we mentioned last time, dry horn. These guys, Schwartz, I think, had over 20 points against uh, Georgetown. They're solid, and they they can defend well. They can shoot well. And how about a little love for the Pac-12? You know, we have USC making to the next round, uh, Colorado, um, UCLA, just really – kind of slept on and they're making some noise in the tournament. Yeah. I have the Buffaloes too, as you kind of alluded to, they're very good all around team and they could shoot off the dribble. That's going to be key against Florida state. That's how teams beat them on offense. I just looked at their, I like to quickly look at teams profiles before I really dig into it. And at first glimpse, they really don't have any weaknesses. So I'm really feeling that the Knowles will be in trouble. And I think Colorado will be my pick for this one. Uh, But we have three non-ACC games, starting with our third best game of the next two days. And that will be Texas tech against Arkansas, the six versus the three. Yeah. I I, I mean, I think uh, Texas tech, even though they're lower seated one point favorite. So it's obviously right around a coin flip game. Arkansas started out really slowly in the first round and they kind of picked it up and they ended, I think they ended the half on like a 17 to nothing run versus Colgate and kind of never looked back. Uh, They really hammered home Moses Moody, great player, 17.2 points a game, 5.8 rebounds. I'm going to, it's going to be a tough, I think it's going to be a dog fight. And obviously, you know, the line is only a one point 
with the Red Raiders. Obviously, they're good on D. Um, but I, I'm going to actually go with Arkansas. I'm going to go with the SEC here. I'm actually going to go Texas Tech. I think that Texas Tech will frustrate them and really control the pace in this game. Uh, they really are a good defensive team. Like I said on the last podcast, I don't think they're the same Texas Tech team that was the runners-up in 2019. But I'm not sure I'm feeling Arkansas on this one. I think that I like the Texas Tech pace and I like their all-around game a little bit better. All right, number two, USC, sixth seed against the third-seeded Kansas. Yeah, just mentioned it. Pac-12, how about a little love? And the Trojans actually a one-point favorite in this game. Now, uh, Kansas played tough against Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington hung around for a while. Kansas pulled away at the end. This isn't quite the Kansas team that we've seen in the past that were that were kind of superstar-laden, you know, NBA draft lottery pick, picks all over the team. And I, I really like the way that the Trojans defend. I like Evan Mobley. Um, I think he, he might lead the nation in blocks. I, I'm not sure, but he's just a, a really solid player down low, 16.8 points. 8.6 rebounds, three blocks a game. I mean, that's just that's just rock solid. And I I think he'll I think he'll actually feast uh against Kansas. It's gonna be a tight one, but I'm actually going with the Trojans here. I'm gonna agree with that. I have USC as well. I think Evan Mobley, top NBA draft pick, will make Kansas one-dimensional, keep them to the perimeter, and they're not a fantastic three-point shooting team. They shoot 34% on the season, the Jayhawks. So I'm going to go with USC as well. How about our game of the night though? Illinois against Loyola, Chicago. Nice little local matchup. Who are you going with in this one? I have Illinois going to the final four, so I'm going to stick with them. I think it's going to be tough. Uh, I think IO and Kofi can get it done. But as I said, the Ramblers, Defense is going to frustrate them, and, you know, Kofi can't pick up any cheap fouls down low. It is always interesting, though, with the Illini because uh, Coburn is such a poor free-throw shooter that they kind of play a different lineup at times down the stretch if the other team's going to be fouling them. So we'll see if that comes into play. But I'm going with the uh, the Illini. I'm going to go with Illinois as well. I'm, perfect. I'm completely on the same page as you. I think that – Loyola has a very good chance, but you can't count out the one seed who's been dominated, dominating a lot of teams in their conference. Um, Kofi Coburn is my key player because the one thing Loyola Chicago does not have is a rim protector, and Kofi Coburn could have a really good day in the interior as long as, like you said, he stays out of foul trouble. But that's going to do it for our fast break episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. And we'll see you next time on the Pipeline ACC podcast.